0: what is up fantasy land welcome back to the goat district live via the player profiler network can you believe week six already and of course injuries becoming more and more a part of the equation but for the 101 justin jefferson mr jj himself to go down i mean that's heartbreaking and then for stud rookie running back devin a chain to follow suit and both fall on the r today James Connor, Austin Eckler, Javante Williams just some of the names that we're going to discuss today with the host of the rookie big board. You know him from DLF football. He's been in the GOAT district probably more times than anyone else. Mr. Matt Hicks is with us tonight. We got a lot to get to. So go grab yourself a cold one,
1: sit back and let's get.
0: what is up Fantasyland? welcome back to the goat district live via the player profiler network i can't believe it's already week six i'm super pumped to have tonight's guest on tonight you've seen this man in the district many of times he's kind of our rookie specialist our, our college specialist but he's good at every aspect of the game and we love to pick his brain when he's on in the district so stay tuned for a big one tonight guys i've got matt hicks from the rookie big board you know him from DLF football and I mean we've got what injuries to some of the top guys in the game unfortunately as we roll into week six I mean if you were riding Devin A chain you were on cloud nine and you came down to earth really really quickly and that's what happens right in in this game we call fantasy and in the NFL that's what keeps it interesting and tonight we're going to get into that we're going to talk about a bunch Of these players that are, you know, some even surprises today with regards to injuries, whether it's positive or negative. We'll look at that. We'll look at how you can improve uh, your dynasty rosters. We're going to talk a bit of dynasty today. That's one of Matt's specialty as well. We got a lot to get to. Matt, how you been, brother? I'm pumped. Dan cannot be with us tonight, but, you know, you're stuck with me.
3: I'm good man I'm glad to be back in the district as always it feels good dude I usually have to wait until January or a rookie season to get into it but I think you know it's a really fun time of the year because we're starting to see this 2023 class really take shape and at the same time you know I'm watching the college game and I'm already looking at 2024 and seeing that although 2023 is off to a hot start man this 2024 class is looking good too. So it's exciting on on both sides of the draft, so to say.
0: I love it. I love it. And we're going to start kind of at that macro level. So just sit right there for a second. And guys, make sure you smash the the like button. Of course, the subscribe, you're for sure subscribed to the Player Profiler Network. Make sure you also subscribe to the Goat District channel on YouTube so that you don't miss anything. We've got the Owner's Lounge. We've got um ball in we've got our thursday tailgate we drop every thursday night we just brought in a new addition to the team harry snowman you've seen him in the chats and we're talking you know some prop bets some lines that kind of thing for the thursday night and then dropping some goodness for the weekend of course to help you guys get those w's matt let's go back macro you talked about the 2023 class off to a hot start especially specific players specific positions give me your macro macro you know, year-to date assessment after five weeks with this year's rookie class. Compare it to you know what you see in the rearview mirror. and then like you talked about, you're already looking at next year.
3: man, I, it's really strong. It, it's off to a really good start. I think what's really fun uh, is that it's kind of happening at a variety of different levels, like across the positions, right? Um, and so you know right off the bat, you know, you have CJ Stroud, you have Anthony Richardson you know, both when healthy performing as quarterback ones like week over week, right? I think C.J. Stroud is like quarterback 13 overall right now. But if you look at these guys, I mean, we would be so happy on any year to get one quarterback, right? Performing as a QB one in the first month of the season, man. I mean, we're so used to these guys, you know, sitting six, eight weeks before we really get into it. We have two guys when healthy hitting the ground, absolutely running. Uh, So that's really exciting. On top of that, you know, we have a, a tight end one, uh, Sam Laporta, right off the bat, really hitting hitting the ground, being a featured part of an exciting Detroit Lions offense. Uh, and then you also have, of course, Puka Nakua just taking the dynasty landscape by storm. But on top of that, man, Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, right? So we're, we're seeing these impacts across the board, and we haven't even talked about Bijan Robbins, and we haven't even talked about Achain, like you mentioned earlier, uh, who unfortunately is out with injury, but after three huge fantasy football weeks, right? So just the fact that I can even get into this long ramble already about just the rookie impact in the first six weeks, it's changing the dynasty landscape right off the bat.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that that's the exciting part, right? You can, you know, we we know we we gotta slow you down a bit, Matt. We we know you wanna, you got a lot to talk about tonight. You love, you get excited about these guys, right? You get excited about them when they're in college. You get excited. We we get you before the draft, after the draft. We love getting your take takes on these guys. We're gonna get into specifics. How does it look like compared to next year? If guys are deciding, you know, you know how it is. We're in dynasty leagues together. Yes, I'm going on to my fifth, probably my fifth title straight in in one of the matt hicks leagues we'll see it's looking tighter it's looking tighter you're looking tighter but we're still we're still hanging on to the five and zero at the top there um but yeah what's let, let's let's talk more dynasty tonight and let's look at next year what you know what should people look forward to are there certain positions looking better to those that maybe don't follow college as much once the nfl season starts
3: yeah absolutely well first off jd I, I noticed that you failed to mention my eight and two record in the goat league so far this year so i guess we'll we'll, we'll circle back to that a little bit very, later. Respectful. Uh,
0: very respectful good turnaround good turnaround
3: <laughs> uh but what i will say here is looking looking at the 2024 class it's really exciting uh, because there's a jewel at the top right caleb williams We're talking about a type of guy that's going to come into the league with Trevor Lawrence-esque hype, right? Uh, If you were doing a dynasty startup right now, including next year's rookie class, Caleb Williams for me, first-round dynasty startup pick. He has unparalleled arm talent. You know, the only comparisons we're hearing is Patrick Mahomes. He has game-changing mobility and athleticism on top of that as well. Um, And then on top of that, we could end up with four Quarterbacks drafted in the first round of the NFL draft, very legitimately four quarterbacks there, possibly a fifth one could sneak in there. Uh, The wide receiver group, man, again, another crown jewel at the top with Marvin Harrison Jr. Projecting as a top five NFL draft pick, but I love the depth of the wide receiver class. Uh, Tight end Brock Bowers, probably going to be a top three or four rookie pick here. Uh, and then the running back class, that's where we need to see a little bit of improvement here. The running back class is down. It's weak right now. So we're looking strong QB, strong wide receiver, good tight end, weak running back. That's kind of the the summary right there.
0: Okay. All right. So a couple couple things for uh, for Fantasyland to note. Start looking at, uh, you know, once you're starting to look at, at next year. I mean, you talked about, we're talking about our teams that are doing well in Dynasty uh but you know we all have one or two that maybe we're already looking to next year and you definitely want to get a feel for the landscape what's coming up so that you know what you're you know what you're moving or what if you want picks or not so we're gonna we're gonna get back to the nfl we're gonna get more into specifics we're gonna look at specific players uh definitely going to talk about jj i mean that one hurts i know in in the goat district he's one of our favorite guys definitely an on-brand player and for him to go down definitely hurts so we'll talk about that when we get back right after a message from our sponsors
1: this episode is brought to you by rival fantasy rival fantasy the coolest fantasy platform not enough people know about but they will once i'm done baby because they're always innovating they just rolled out seasonal leagues we set them up for patrons for our listeners And they funded over $1,000 in payouts. That's what Rival's all about. They're always innovating. They already had the fantasy book where you can take overs and unders, stack them up, multiply your payout. But then they added challenges so you can set your own lines and put them out there for the community. And then you can browse the community's lines and say, hey, this guy's crazy. I'm going to take the other side. It's cool. And they have fantasy bingo. Rival Fantasies reminded me how much fun I can have with fantasy football and use that promo code PLAYER. The promo code is PLAYER. They give you a $100 instant deposit match plus $25 plus a free play. That promo code is PLAYER for up to $125 in deposit bonus and a free play. You can't beat it.
0: All right, and we're back with Matt Hicks. Make sure you're following him at DFF underscore Educator. You know him from the rookie big board, DLF football, and of course the X machine, Matt, as the kids call it these days. You're one of the best follows out there, so make sure you're following Matt Hicks at FF or at DFF underscore educator. Let's get into specifics. I talked about JJ. Obviously, he was going one on one in most drafts this off season, Matt, awful for him to go down. You know, any 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 significant asset to go go down, let alone one of the top you know, top two or three guys in fantasy, no matter which platform or format you're playing. He's down, he's down with a, with the hamstring injury going to IR. Is this recoupable? If you have JJ on your team and then what kind of pieces, what kind of ripple effect is there, uh, for us to look at whether it's on waiver, whether it's to make some maybe smaller trades to try to fill the gaps. What do you think with, with regards to the JJ situation?
3: Yeah, it's always so nerve-wracking for me when it's a muscle injury like this, right? Um, Because you see it in the game and you're like, that doesn't look good, but you're like, ah, you know, maybe he misses a week. Then it goes straight to IR, so that's it's always concerning for me right off the bat. But that being said, you know, I've seen the type of offers being tossed around. You know, I actually put JJ on the block in in one league where I'm a contender just to kind of see what the offers I could get were. Yeah, And they're bad, man. I mean, people are really (laughs) trying to, and like, you know, do your thing, try to buy low. But I think if you're a JJ owner, um, especially if you're a contender, you just got to hold, you got to sit on it. Hope it's a quick return from IR. Hopefully the Vikings are doing the smart thing here, right? And saying that, you know, it's probably a two to three week injury. Let's not tempt ourselves. Let's you know, let him rehab, take his time. You know, they're looking one and four right now. I think for me, what the most interesting part of this is what's the what's the ripple effect here? Because you know, naturally, I'd be looking at Jordan Addison to step up. He's had a pretty impressive first month of the season, caught 65% of his passes. He's second uh from wide receivers and target share. He's got three touchdowns this season. But the other side of this, JD, is like one of the reasons that I love Jordan Addison's projection is that he had JJ across from him, and I love Jordan Addison, right? Like he was my wide receiver two. I'm very high, or my wide receiver one. Sorry, I was very high on him. Um, but you know, I I actually think I would have preferred the lower volume share, not pulling top coverage, as opposed to now he's going to be pulling top coverage maybe he gets an extra two or three targets maybe those things wash out together um so you think you were plugging jordan addison into your lineup you know regardless of whether jj is out there for the next four weeks but it does give me a a, just a little bit of pause there on how this offense is going to shake out and is this team just going to implode man like a one and
0: four vikings team at nfl notify has a little rumor alert uh, drop today with regards to Cousins. Now we're starting to hear, you know, them being one in four. He's he's you know he's always kind of uh, in control of his contract, I guess you could say. And I think it's he's going to be at a, another renewal, I guess, uh, at the end of this year. Is that is that uh, accurate, Matt?
3: I think he's up. Yeah, I think his contract's yeah. up, right?
0: So does that the aid aid? Do you think that's possible that the Vikings do look to trade? And wouldn't that just be like the you know salt on the wound for anyone holding any of these? Uh, Viking receivers.
3: Well, you know what I think is really interesting about Justin Jefferson, right? And and factoring into is it Kirk Cousins next year? Um, right, is JJ has, I believe, one year left on his contract, right? And he did not sign an extension going into the season. And maybe nobody in the league has more leverage than Justin Jefferson, right? Heading into negotiations. So, I mean, if the Vikings go full rebuild mode. What does that say about Justin Jefferson? You know, to Justin Jefferson, yeah. I should say, is that, a, is that a red flag for him? Is that something the front office is going to want to avoid? And we've seen in the past, like Minnesota's not really one of these front offices that does the teardown thing. Um, and even at one and four, you know, I did tweet out today they have a realistic shot at the first overall pick and maybe they could get themselves Caleb Williams, but you know, mathematically, more likely is the Chicago Bears because they have their pick and then uh, Carolina's pick as well. So, you know, I think Minnesota would really kind of be stuck between a rock and a hard place if they were planning to move on from Cousins. I still think that if they were going to trade him before the deadline, it has to be some serious recoup, right? Like at least a a high second round pick, which, you know, doesn't happen very often in the NFL.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's tough, right? Because if you're contending, you got JJ. It's kind of, you're not, you're probably not getting full value, right? Moving him now, but he doesn't yeah. help you being on your IR that big of a piece, so you you have decisions to make as a fantasy player especially in dynasty right now with JJ. Um, you know, I talk about this uh a couple times. I think it was Derrick Henry was my first pick uh overall in a in a pretty big tournament play last year on the FFPC and still managed to win that league. So you can still win your league if your first guy goes down. It's a little harder <laughs> uh definitely and that it's definitely, you know, you, you, we're not brushing it off saying it's, you know, you can work around it type of thing, but there are ways to plug holes uh, different ways to win right Matt and uh, you yeah. got to get creative uh, if you've got JJ right now definitely but pay attention to what's happening with Minnesota specifically with cousins um because like you said there's definitely big ripple effect ripple effect there the other news coming out is you know a rookie that I, I was listening back you were on eight months ago first of all you were probably the first to say his name more more properly than most people with Devin how do you say it Devin? Uh, I, a chain, a chain. I, I can't I even. I, all I can I did, say is a chain. That's the only way I know it. A, a chain,
3: um, a chan. I uh, yeah, I struggle with it. I swear I say it a little differently every time. So I, I you said it pretty good. I probably got it right once, and I really yeah. try, man. I really try to nail names. It's important <laughs> to me, but I do struggle with. I say a chain. I don't know if that's correct, honestly.
0: So jim a not at maynard 29 jim says the devon a chain injury is the weirdest thing i've seen in years he finished the game strong was out at midfield afterwards laughing hugging giants players now he's going on ir wtf do you have any insight on this or any more information what are your what are your thoughts on it i guess how to to kind of manage this
3: i think it sucks um yeah, <laughs> is that analysis um you know what was so exciting for me with a chain through the first um month of the season right uh you know pre-injury what I loved is that we saw play strength from him which I thought was really awesome because the whole draft process everybody oh he's fast but he's undersized he's fast but he's undersized but if you watch that college state man like you saw him play strong between the tackles for his size and at Texas A&M and an SEC offense and I believe it was week three, uh, and you saw those two touchdowns in the red zone, and he had to power through defenders. And then uh, last week, last two weeks, you saw like big play catches and big explosive plays, right? So we were really seeing it all from A-Chain. So, you know, what's really tough, again, it's the knee injury, man. It's like, this feels like one of the reasons the fantasy football, um, the running back landscape is so tough in fantasy football, because I swear it's like – Every time we get this player that's clicking uh, and and just really producing at the position, it's a lower body injury. And we know these things, nag they are hard to predict. Um, I think that at least what I do trust is that the Dolphins have enough firepower here where they're going to be a little bit more cautious with a chain. They can afford that. And uh, Mike McDaniel, we know will. Uh, rotate in running back so although i'm sure he is going to want to get him back on the field as quickly as possible i don't think it throws off his total game plan necessarily and so hopefully miami will be smart enough to leave him on the sideline and let him get back when he's ready we don't love to hear it from a fantasy perspective but that's going to help us a lot more in terms of the the long-term dynasty outlook right
0: yeah like like you said man it's i mean he's been awesome you know, 165 yards uh, from scrimmage, touchdown against the Giants. Fifth, fifth overall right now, uh, according to the DPL, Matt, one of those uh, those high-end leagues out there. Um, but in all seriousness, uh, other than the quarterback position, fifth, where do you rank them right now, A-chain, like dynasty-wise, whether it's just at running back or even overall, depending on how high you do have them?
3: Yeah, I'm doing some quick math here. I have A-chain right now in my dynasty rankings. Um, You know, right next to Ramondre Stevenson, DeAndre Swift, kind of right in that tier below Kenneth Walker. So, you know, I think he's right up there for me. He was my running back three um, post draft in this rookie class. And dude, he was somebody who I, you know, kind of got just sitting there in the mid to late second round a lot this year. Uh, and what's so fun, man, why I love playing best ball leagues is because, you know, I didn't even have to try to start him. And all of a sudden, you know, the last three weeks, he's been making a huge difference in my scoring. Because I think I have maybe 60 to 75 percent exposure to, to Achain, So So um, he's definitely somebody I'm going to be missing over the next couple of weeks for sure. And yeah. I think he's pushing that running back one dynasty asset territory. Um, which might sound like an overreaction, but folks, you don't have to do too much to be a dynasty running back one at this point, right?
0: Yeah, I, I bet if you did some kind of poll right now and and you know threw some names out like some of these top ten to fifteen running backs right now in dynasty, it'd be interesting to see you know the variety of who who would take which which of those guys ahead of A-chain. Um, I know there aren't too many. I mean, he's probably top ten, I would imagine, as a running back right now yeah. for most people. Um, in Dino, I know our buddy Cody Carpentier at Carpentier NFL says Devin A. Chain now has the most touchdowns in the first four games of his career or of a career, and then he said he will need two in the next five quarters to tie Eric Dickerson for most in the first five games. So, unfortunately, we're not even going to get to see that, but um, just to show how he
3: didn't play the first two weeks.
0: And he didn't play the first two weeks. The guy's you know? been awesome, man. Like I, like you said, I've got him on best balls where he was. you just took him super late, you know, and he's just a, a nice beauty ad. Or, you, you know, you made the right uh, draft pick in your rookie drafts uh, this offseason by listening to, you know, guys like Matt and myself and and the GOAT district. Um, and you know, too, just a- like
3: a, a – qu- oh, sorry, J.D. didn't mean to cut you off, but I was going to say like a quick lesson to not to panic in week one. Remember, he was a healthy scratch in week one, right? So sometimes things are just weird, especially with rookies. Um, And so, you know, you can extend that to some of these other rookies who maybe haven't hit yet. You know, sometimes it's just a little bit of patience. People are on their own timelines here.
0: I remember getting a certain JT from you for a first, uh, I believe his rookie season. I think that was actually at the TPL, uh, oh, really? where it was, it was like, you know, he was, he hadn't done anything in the first few weeks first, first handful of weeks. And it, it, that's what you got to do, man, is jump on those opportunities. So as we talk about these injuries in dynasty, a lot of these guys, it's an opportunity to buy someone, maybe you couldn't buy, uh, prior to the injury you know anthony mentions that even jt versus a chain is probably an interesting discussion in dynasty and i bet you it is again i don't know that anyone would clear cut just take jt clear over a chain i'm sure it would be more of a discussion uh closer than you think type of thing
3: and he was a mid-second round pick at best you know what I mean? It's it's just, it really speaks to the power of these rookie picks. And if you are this middling team or struggling team, dude, my number one, my golden rule, second round picks. They're cheaper. You can load up on them. Nobody in your league notices if you have five second round picks. They all notice if you have five first round picks. Load up on those second round picks, man. It's it's the quickest way to a rebuild.
0: There you go. You heard it right there. A little writer downer from uh, from Matt Hicks at the FF Educator on the X Machine. Jeff Wilson Matt someone that um I know I've got on the end of some benches picked up actually last week I think off waivers in one league um he's been cleared to practice but not play yet he could be a sneaky add on uh, as we start seeing more and more of these injuries and you know already seeing A-Chain uh, dealing with it
3: yeah it's a, it's a system right like Mike McDaniel he he you know the Kyle Shanahan connection is so obvious there right it's just it's a machine it's a system next running back up and exactly. if Wilson is healthy and he's out on the field, dude, he's going to get touches. He's going to get opportunities. So is it a guy that I'm starting in hundred percent of my leagues with confidence? No, but if I'm in a pinch, man, like you you said it, dude, we're starting to get to that point where injuries are piling up. We're getting into the bye weeks right? So we're going to need to start plugging our nose a little bit and you could definitely do worse than Jeff Wilson.
0: Yes. Let's go to tight end right now. The number one tight end, Matt receiving yards Sam Laporta in Detroit, someone we are really high on in the district. Uh, you know, especially once he landed in Detroit again, we talk about opportunity. They had moved DJ Hawk, uh, so you've got that opportunity there with with you know the, the the position wide open. After five weeks, he's a tight end three in fantasy points per game, tight end two in yak, tight end one in receiving yards. He's got thirty one targets, three touchdowns. Where does he rank in your tight end rankings, looking dynasty wise right now?
3: Yeah, dynasty rankings, so we just updated them uh, for the rookie big board. He's tight end four for me in the dynasty rankings. You know, that's, that's only behind Kelsey Andrews, and I still have Hawkinson. I'm holding out Hawkinson over Laporta for now. You know, it is so fun, dude. It's It's like one of the reasons I love watching these guys and tracking them over their college career because it was just about this time last year where I was watching Sam Laporta at Iowa, and I was like, you know this guy's kind of fun. Like, let's keep an eye on this guy. You know, as we're going through the draft process, I'm just kind of dropping it in there. Like, you know, Sam Laporta, guys, keep an eye on Sam Laporta. Like, he's fun. And you know, we get into draft night, and I'm talking this guy up. Like, maybe he sneaks into the back end of day two, right? You know, top seventy five pick. All of a sudden, Detroit's taking him with what that that early second round selection, right? I think it was thirty two or thirty four or something like that. And now we're six weeks into the season, and. I've got to fend people off. You know, there's people telling me that he's dynasty tight end one right now. And it's like, dude, how much can change in a year for these guys? It's so cool to see. Um, but he's clearly a focal point of this Detroit offense. And, you know, this isn't three years ago, Detroit offense. This is a good offense that gets into a rhythm. And um, I think the the most telling part of Sam Laporta's stat line is if you compare him one to one with Amon Ross St. Brown it's not that different man like mm-hmm. he is clearly uh, a priority here for Jared Goff and Dan Campbell
0: yeah he's he's uh, like you said it's nice to see you add these guys uh, on your dynasty teams and and you know we talk about often especially in the district about these rookie tight ends maybe not being as effective year 1 but you got to look at the opportunity you look you got to look at um you know is is are they gonna maximize on his strength and they definitely are man they're targeting him he's all over the place to to be honest like he he just he's out yeah. there like this oversized receiver uh just chugging through people so he's he's awesome if you have him i know i've got him in the uh fishbowl with golf um and and i mean i think i got jameson williams as well not that he's he's done much but eventually eventually right matt will triple stack that all in on the detroit offense that's a fun play there you go and i've got uh, i'll also mention my two uh tyree kill uh a chain stack which is now just you know two wheels on the tricycle yeah, that's not but
3: bad that's all right
0: i'm sure that's bad, doing decent bad. for you it's doing all right all right let's get back to it let's go to another rookie cj stroud before ar landed in indy with my colts um a lot of people had this guy as the qb1 you know, it, it felt like uh out there in, in fantasy land this off season, Carolina obviously took Bryce. Now you're hearing um Reichel or Reichel, uh Frank Reich kind of giving um some between the, the lines to read read through, uh, with you know, just t- him talking about ownership's involvement in, you know, certain aspects of the game. So you gotta wonder who made the call there. But Bryce obviously went to Carolina, maybe they regret it, maybe they don't, and then CJ falls to Houston. I mean I believe you were pretty high on CJ Stroud coming into the season. I don't think anyone expected, you know, just under 1500 yards, no interceptions, 53 rushing. What are your thoughts on the young quarterback so far? What's his ceiling and where does he rank right now in your dynasty rankings for quarterbacks?
3: Yeah. CJ Stroud has been, you know, the most, uh, well, the second most impressive uh, rookie performance for me so far this season uh, you know i i kind of had cj stroud like right there just below bryson ar the whole way through like he was always that clear-cut qb3 uh, and i liked his college tape but i was always you know i was always like there's just uh, just a little bit missing right i just want to see a little bit more from his college tape and that's kind of always what it was and then he goes to houston and dude i gotta be honest with you i'm like behind that offensive line you look around mm-hmm. look at the weapons like how is this going to work? You know, this, that was one where I was like, we're going to have to let this one kind of cook a little bit, right? Like simmer a little bit, uh, which is fine, which is fine. It's okay. If a rookie quarterback like isn't bursting out of the gates. Right. Uh, But that being said, he absolutely came out. He looks poised. He has great decision-making the arm talents clearly there. He's making Nico Collins look like a superstar. I um, mean, like, and I like Nico Collins. Like, that's the guy that's buried on all of my 35 man dynasty rosters um, because I drafted him six years ago and never gave up hope. And all of a sudden, it's it's helping me, right? Nice. Uh, but for me, what's the most impressive with CJ Stroud? Again, playing behind that Houston offensive line, I haven't updated the numbers from this last week, but going into this last week, third most attempts of any quarterback in the NFL. CJ Stroud, the rookie quarterback with a rookie head coach, right? who has gone out and trusted him to throw the ball the third most times of any quarterback, zero interceptions, right? The two other guys uh, that had the most, again, going into this past week, Matt Stafford Kirk Cousins both have i think at least 4 interceptions right so for CJ Stroud to be able to do that um clearly um rising uh you know raising the level i should say of the whole Houston team it's super impressive man um and just in terms of um expectations it's definitely high what's interesting about his his dynasty ranking for me is that i i haven't actually moved him because i I expected him to get to this point. Um, and so I had him a little bit higher than consensus. Um, but I didn't expect it to happen this quickly. So he he's kind of held water with me as that borderline back end QB1 type territory in terms of being a dynasty asset. So that's where I have him right now. I do think he's gonna hold in that place until we see like more stealing from him, but you know, off the bat, I could not have been more impressed from his first, you know, four or five weeks.
0: Yeah, like you said, especially with his supporting casts being nico collins and you've got tank dell coming in he just suffered a concussion so we'll have to see if he clears protocol you know again like you said these pieces pop for us we're all happy and then we got to deal with concussions and the unfortunates of, of football but hopefully these guys are healthy quick let's go to puka nakua Woo! with the rams i mean yeah, i'm curious to see to hear what you have to say about the the young receiver i personally thought you know cup comes back he takes a backseat this kid is for sure part of this offense, especially, I mean, with Stafford around, you got to at least think that, um, both of these guys, we might even have a one a one B type of situation like we do in Philly or Cincinnati or San Fran. What are your thoughts on, uh, on the situation in, in, a, in an offense that I think a lot of people thought were, was maybe dead coming into the season. I know we were big on like the value with these guys that you can get with Stafford and later in the draft, but what are your thoughts, uh, on puka what he's done and what you think uh we can expect moving forward
3: i swear man before the draft people were going to like ban me from using the word puka nakua like (laughs) i was talking him up so much nobody cared nobody wanted to hear about this guy at a byu you know he ends up being what a, a fifth round pick right for the rams but i was i was very happy obviously i wanted that higher draft capital but you could just see puka nakua's creative play style And then you pair him up with Sean McVay; it already was this recipe for success. And then I'm watching over the first couple weeks of the preseason. I'm I'm listening to the LA beat, and everybody is talking about how much Sean McVay loves Puka Nakua. And I got really excited. And then when Cooper Cup ended up needing to miss time, you know, it was like this. This is going to happen. It, you know, even heading into Week One, but I had no idea it could have been this good from Puka by far the biggest reason that I'm off to such a hot start across my leagues. Dude, I'm not exaggerating. I think I have 90, I think there might be one league where I don't have Puka Nakua, and that's just because I play in leagues with rookie big board patrons, right, who had to beat me to them. Uh, but I have at least 90% exposure to Nakua, and it's just, it's amazing. You know, you look at the role that he has in this offense, and I think you're exactly right calling it a 1A, 1B, right? Nobody's going to sit here and tell you that he's taking Cooper Cup's job, but we've seen, you know, the target share, the, the volume's not dropping off with Cooper Cup on the field, which was pretty apparent the whole way through, right? The Rams offense has never been an offense that could only support one wide receiver, so, yeah, Cooper Cup's going to get his, but, folks, that's only going to help Puka Nakua. All right? You got the one of the best wide receivers in the league pulling top coverage off of him. That's only going to open him up more. And I think what we saw a little bit of this this past week, right, is, is uh, Puka, I believe, is wide receiver four in PPR, despite the fact that he was not getting the touchdown volume. He only had one touchdown through the first month of the season. So if we get that touchdown volume opened up because they're paying more attention to Cooper Cup, then it's really wheels up here. So, you know, I've gotten the the question of like, how much do I pay for Puka Nakua? You know, uh, I, somebody's got to give me at least 224 first before we're talking about flipping this guy. I might seem like an overreaction, man, but he's in that wide receiver one, borderline wide receiver two, uh, dynasty territory right off the bat. It's the real deal for me, man. This is This isn't fluky, and I don't feel like I'm overreacting saying that.
0: No, I mean, he's definitely been the hot thing right this season. Uh, But when you say he's still getting 11 targets to Cups 12 with, I mean, look, it's Cups first game back. And I got to I didn't, I didn't know if Cup was going to be getting 12 targets or five targets or, you know, seven targets. So a, it's nice for cup owners and B it's nice for Puka owners, as long as we kind of stay on this one, a one B trajectory, but it's funny seeing the Rams. Now they've got Kyron Williams, that's kind of take over into that backfield. I know he's dealing with a bit of injuries, but uh, definitely a, a light spot in the backfield. You've got the receivers with Puka, and even Tutu Atwell has been a nice surprise. I know yeah. when the waiver wire, you know, frenzy for Puka went went around, Tutu was kind of like the low net that I was trying to grab. Uh, if I missed on Puka, and I got a lot of shares of him, he's he's been a pretty good surprise uh, to kind of as a nice bye week fill. Yes, yeah. no. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I <laughs> that think was what, a question. Sorry, dude. The 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 internet like was, cut out, and I was like, should I keep talking there?
3: It was such All a right. it was such a profound statement. I was just I was sitting on diamond.
0: I'm a deep. Guy, man. I'm a deep guy, I had to mull
3: it. Um, you know, I I think for me, you know, what's helped Tutu and I'm not I'm not you know saying this to take away from Tutu, but that keep in mind with the Rams' offense overall, as you're considering Cup and Tutu and Puka yeah. and what that volume load looks like, is that. The Rams are going to be throwing the ball a lot, and they're going to be playing from behind or in close games a lot, right? And so the passing volume, I think, is going to be high, and it's going to support three guys. It can support three guys a week, you know, as long as, you know, Stafford's hitting his guys and pushing the ball downfield and and things are clicking the right way. So, you know, I definitely think you can look at it as these bye weeks come in and you need to use that flex spot more and more. Uh is not a guy I don't think that's gonna hit every week, but when he finds the end zone, when he gets that big play, it's gonna be a worthwhile guide to guide to have in your lineup for sure.
0: Guys, make sure you smash the like. Make sure you're following myself at JD Goat District on the X Machine. Of course, our guest, Matt Hicks at the FF Educator, underscore educator. Don't forget the underscore educator. Uh, make sure you're following Matt. Always a good follow um matt why don't you tell us what else you have going right now we're talking about the rookie big board help people find it anything else you have uh that people might want to look for right now
3: yeah man we're doing a lot already looking at that 2024 class uh you can head on over to patreon.com slash rookie big board and that's where you can get access to my 2024 rookie rankings dynasty rankings and i do the Devi rankings all the way through the 2026 class so that's current uh college football freshmen. Uh, What's cool about my rankings, what I like about it, is that I have a a direct comparison, a direct set of rankings that compares all college players with all NFL players. So it's not hypothetical. You could pop on there and see, you know, right now I have Caleb Williams as the 101 equal to Trevor Lawrence in a dynasty league. And you can kind of line up your, your draft pick values like that. You know, doing videos with uh, a course at Rookie Big Board on YouTube with Dynasty League Football (DLF) on YouTube, and also doing some written work here with Pro Football Network uh, as well this season. So we're, we're cranking it out all around JD, but uh, it, it's always it's always focused on how do we give you an edge on your league mates, stay ahead of them with that rookie value because if if nothing else, this first month has shown how
0: valuable it is, right?
3: To win your rookie drafts. And I'm thinking about that 365 days
0: a year. Yeah, man, for sure. You're, you're, like I said, one of my go-tos, uh, I know for the whole goat district crew, uh, when it comes to these young ones. And like you said, especially this year, we're seeing how that edge could be paying off, right? Yes. Some of these guys get hurt, but they still won you a few weeks, you know, early and, and there's a lot of season left. So, we talked about Puka, we talked about A-Chain, we talked about Stroud, you know, Bijan having a, a, a pretty good season um, out there in Atlanta. Gibbs, maybe a little slow off to the start, we'll, we'll get to him specifically, but looking at kind of offensive rookie of the year right now, who's who's your top guy right now? Who do you think is in the lead or who do you think the top, you know, maybe two or three guys fighting it, it out so far are based on your list?
3: I mean, it's got to be Puka, right? Um, From an NFL perspective, too, you know, certainly I put out a poll uh, for a fantasy football perspective on the uh, X machine, I believe, is the term we're using. Uh, (laughs) And, you know, Puka took like 85 percent of the vote. So but I think from an NFL perspective, it's Puka, CJ Stroud, like those are the two. And then I do think Sam Laporta would be in that conversation as well. If Richardson was healthy, you know, he's going to miss some time. I think, you know, I've been really, really impressed with what Anthony Richardson has done, especially with that touchdown-interception ratio. I know you as a Colts fan probably aren't too thrilled with what happens when he runs outside of the pocket, but I think if he was healthy and played 16 games, he'd be in that same conversation as well, so... All of those guys have really impressed me early on. And he's not going to get as much hype. I'm not saying he's in the offensive rookie of the year category, but we should also be very impressed with Zay Flowers. Who He's not on our show doc, so I'm just going to give him a quick shout out. Really leading that team in targets. He's made Rashad Bateman look like an absolute afterthought. And Zay Flowers has done pretty well. But he's going to be limited by the Baltimore offense, which we knew.
0: Yeah, AR definitely looking good early. Uh does make us nervous, especially after seeing Andrew Luck uh scenario. And now just uh this evening Indy uh I saw a little headline sign Kellen Mond um to the practice squad. I don't know if you have any input on that. That's not <laughs> That's not exciting. <laughs> Sorry. Not ex- that was supposed to be in my do we really care segment, but uh it, it was <laughs> we, were, we were already talking about the Colts. I thought I would I'd throw it in there. And you know what? Since we're talking about the Colts, what about Josh Downs, man? I think Josh Downs was a guy you were pretty high on, if I remember correctly.
3: Yeah, yeah. I like Josh Downs a lot. Honestly, I'm not uh watching the Indianapolis Colts each and every week, but I do like the way he fits into that offense. I think – didn't he have a better week? Was it with – was it the Minshew week that he had so a he just
0: week? he just went six for six and ninety-two yards versus Tennessee? And it was uh I believe uh, most of it was after Minshew came in. I didn't catch the whole game, so
3: yeah, and I thought he did all right like the one other time Minshew came oh, in. I today. believe he did as well. The concussion protocol. So that that's kind of interesting, you know. I think maybe Minshew's skill set lines up a little bit more with Josh Downs, but you know, I, I think especially with a slot receiver like giving them the time to kind of build up that rapport with the quarterback is pretty critical. So um, I'd say for the fact you probably paid what third round pick for Josh Downs, right? By the end of all of it, that's, that's not too bad. Maybe a late second round pick.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. He was, he was a good call uh, that you had. Another good call you had, I was listening, like I said, when you were on about eight months ago and you're talking about Jameer Gibbs and you liked the talent. uh, You didn't know where he was going yet at the time, but you did still question I still wonder how he's going to be used in the NFL with regards to volume and his usage, and that's probably concerning his owners right now in fantasy. I know it's early in his career and early in the season, but Demont, when he's healthy, is Gibbs kind of taking a back seat? You think in that backfield? Uh, excuse the pun. <laughs> you
3: yeah. know, I think what's this is what you signed up for, right? I think the the Jameer Gibbs managers, you need to remind yourself. This is what you signed up for. We talked about this, right? But the upside was with the explosive skill set. I still think overall him landing in Detroit is a positive because the offensive line looks really strong. He's a good um, extension of that passing game. And we don't panic on the running back, the rookie running backs early on. Some rookie running backs, yes, they'll hit the ground with a huge volume load. But some of these guys, and it's not rare, even with guys with good draft capital, that they're going to get worked into the offense as they build that rapport. So it's not a Jameer Gibbs problem at this point in time. I do think what's a cause for concern is that David Montgomery is performing, and he's performing well, right? And so they don't need Gibbs as much, but a big piece of the running back rotation and and the way that I feel like Dan Campbell is operating is the idea that Detroit, you know, they're in a good spot, man. They're looking to play a couple extra weeks of the season. They're trying to get into that postseason. And the the running back position is a position of attrition, right? And so as David Montgomery takes the hits, takes the hits, as the defensive front sevens that he plays takes the hits, takes the hits, that's going to wear everybody down. And you have Jameer Gibbs, man, with some pretty fresh legs relative to the rest of the NFL, right? So maybe this is a guy you can't necessarily trust to smash week in and week out, but you get to week 10, and all of a sudden he looks fresher. He looks faster. He looks more explosive. Than the defenses he's playing right we've seen examples of this and so jameer gibbs man I, I could see in four or five weeks he's the guy that's the cover photo for all of those articles that's like you know the guy that's going to win your playoffs or the <laughs> playoff difference maker you know what i'm talking about so yep. um I, that's kind of where i see jameer gibbs right now but it, it's a good reminder to fantasy football managers that This was baked into his value. This was baked into his price that, you know, it was going to take a little bit of time. He wasn't ever going to be a 300-touch guy. We were always looking for 200 to 225 touches, and there's still opportunity for us to get there.
0: Yeah, and you manage expectations going into the season, like you said, with a young running back, especially his type of running back. And you're looking at Detroit as the fourth team right now in, in NFL team points per game behind only Miami, San Fran, and Buffalo. So the situation is good. The Obviously, the running game is being used. Demon is crushing it. He's a different style running back, but it's still, you see that there are points coming out of the backfield. Maybe, like you said, down the road, we see a, a Devon A-chain-like uh, breakout from our boy, Jameer Gibbs. I know Theo was uh, one of his favorite guys uh, coming into the season. Two other running backs you talked about when you're on the show this offseason were Eric Gray and Roshan Johnson. Uh, not like huge names or anything. I know with uh, Barkley out, we didn't really see much Gray. Roshan, we've seen some nice kind of flashes uh, in a you know rocky start to that offense just as a whole in Chicago. But I'm just curious, you know, kind of to get a, a you know a temperature gauge on where you are with these two guys, you know, five weeks in or six weeks into the season. Is Eric Gray maybe someone we should still keep an eye on? Is he someone you kind of you know? Threw down your rankings and maybe not, um, maybe not as excited about him and Roshan. Like how how quick do you think Roshan can really pay off for fantasy uh, owners right now if they've got him on their on their rosters?
3: Yeah, I think the good thing about Roshan is he passes passes the eye test, right? So it, it's going to be a question of volume always with that Chicago backfield because I do think they have you know two to three running backs that they like. But I think if you were just, you know, using your eyes, you would see that Roshan Johnson looks to be the most explosive guy there, uh, looks to be the most consistent guy there. And what's good about him is he's always kind of had that three-down back presence. I think that's what we talked about a lot. Um, Eight months ago, you know, we talked about the fact that he was going to get good draft capital uh, because NFL teams trusted him as a three-down back. They trusted his pass protection. And then when he gets the ball in between the tackles, he's got good vision, good explosiveness. Uh, So I've been impressed with him. I think what's good is that he's popped without catching too much attention from fantasy football managers. So he's a good guy right if you're, you know, making like a bigger trade right now, maybe you're you're tweaking to rebuild mode and you just try to get him tossed into a trade, right? Just try to get Roshan Johnson added into the trade. Um yeah. he might be somebody who is the lead running back a year from now, um as opposed to, you know, a guy who's just kind of splitting carries in that backfield right now. Uh on the flip side of that, Eric Gray hasn't looked super impressive you know with with Saquon Barkley missing time you would have hoped that Eric Gray would have been right there to take up you know take the mantle and kind of be a factor there they're mixing in Matt Breida they are mixing in Eric Gray but he's just it's not there yet you know the Giants offensive line is 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 horrible disaster Um, yeah yeah it's a disaster and so you know is that an excuse is it not an excuse um you know you could go either way with that. Super um, valid
0: when you're talking about a rookie running back, you know.
3: Yeah, you know, it's it's hard because the we talk all the time the speed of the game, right? The vision, how you see the field, if. I mean, you know, Daniel Jones is getting murdered back there. Um, and so if the quarterback's not getting time, you know, the running back's not getting the holes. I think what's encouraging on the Eric Gray side, and I know it doesn't count for fantasy football points, but it's something I talk about a lot that is important. Eric Gray is out there on kick return, right? He is, you know, running back on yeah. kick return. Um, that, that says a lot to me about you know, he's going to be on the team. He'll always be on the depth chart. He'll always be in the running back rotation if he's the lead guy on special teams. Right. And so we talk about all the time, those, those rookies, those young guys you want to put on your bench, if they're playing special teams, it just increases their ability to be there, be available when opportunities come up. So it's not there for Eric Gray right now. um, But hopefully that offensive line gets it together. The injuries kind of um, lighten up a little bit for New York, but it's it's looking overall bad for that offense especially that offensive line and Eric Gray definitely has not escaped that
0: is there any hope dynasty wise like for for New York like is Barkley a buy is Daniel Jones maybe a buy like in super flex like what are your thoughts dynasty wise when you look at this Giants team
3: it's tough to invest in the team man it really is and what's so wild as a Giants fan is like this is what we we had been talking about for two or three years in a row right um and then last year was like the whole team turned around And now we're back there. I think the the strength of the team is obviously on the defensive side of the ball. um, But that also doesn't yield positive return for fantasy, right? That's going to slow down the game, which isn't exciting for fantasy either. You know, I've been off on Daniel Jones, um, but, uh, you know, I will use it as a buy low on Jalen Hyatt. I'll double down on that pre-draft take that hasn't really hit yet. Um, You know, if, if you're, if you're in a league that has fifth or sixth round picks and you want to throw one for Eric gray, like that's fine. I'm cool with that as well. Um, You know, certainly, you know, a guy that you can just kind of stash on the bottom of the bench type thing. I don't know that I would be buying Barkley right now. A combination of offensive line and injury history just always makes me nervous. Unless you could get like a real deal, unless you could like pay like a second round pick or something.
0: Yeah. It's hard to, to trade for that value of a running back at that age. And that scenario, it's probably not the smartest buy was just you know, just throwing out some convoy there, Matt. Getting getting the peeps some hope, especially those reno mode teams, you know, those rebuild teams that are yeah, already down, sure. down and out after uh five weeks. You gotta give them something to play with.
3: And it's a good point, you know. Circling back to it feels like a theme we've been talking about. It's like you look at the running back landscape, and you're like, an injured Saquon Barkley behind a bad offensive line is still a running back one, easily. <laughs> you know yeah,
0: what I mean? So that's true. Sad, it's sad tough. but true. Sad but true. So Speaking of running backs, let's uh, let's end this segment with uh, a running back in um, Denver who's surprised. I know, leading up to the live drafts, the live FFPC drafts in Vegas, Jaleel McLaughlin was a guy that Theo was just all he just kept talking about him. We just started drafting the guy all over the place. We've got him on a main a couple of main rosters. Uh, I've got him on quite a few teams. You know, kind of back end uh, of of the draft season there on the back end of rosters as well. He's given us a couple decent weeks now, week four, uh, top 10 production and another 18 fantasy points this last week against New York. You're hearing now that Javante was a full participant in practice. I'm just curious, uh, you know, what can owners expect kind of rest of season? And then does he have value after the season, a guy like this uh, that comes in with kind of low draft capital, low expectations, but is, you know, surprisingly producing in, in a wonky type of offense in Denver? Yeah, man. I mean, what a story. Undrafted free
3: agent uh, out of Youngstown, right? But he pops in the preseason and it's why it's so important to pay attention to the preseason like, you know, Theo was accurately doing there to, to be able to scoop him up. It, it, you know, it's clear that McLaughlin took the Samaje Pirine role, right? Which was, we knew that role was there. We were all very keen on that role, but it was McLaughlin instead of Pirine, right? Yeah. Um, which is awesome. You know, if you're playing in redraft, you ride it out. Uh, you go for it because I think, you know, even for the rest of the season, Javante Williams will have a split role with, with McLaughlin. I don't think they're just going to take his volume away. Plus, if you look back, folks... Denver has always split the running back position, right? With like Melvin Gordon. I know we have a new coaching staff, but Javante Williams has never been a 60%, you know, a volume guy, even when he was fully healthy. So that being said, we've learned this lesson before, right? Philip Lindsay, James Robinson, you can ride these guys out, but at some point, you know, it's going to catch up to them. And I hate having that negative outlook on it. But if you're playing dynasty, if anybody's gonna give you a, a even a late first round pick, early second round pick, unless you really need him, man, like flip. Flip this guy quick. Um, you know, you took somebody who you didn't have to draft. If you could turn him into a second round pick, you know, I'm gonna do that 10 out of 10 times. Uh 100%. so it's a great story. Cash in on the story. That's yeah, that's my move that. right now.
0: No, that's that's totally the move. That's how you build equity, right? And in, in, in dynasty is those those running backs with low draft capital that pop move him when you can. Uh, Michael Wilson, another pleasant surprise in Arizona. I know he was guy, a guy that we were kind of on in, in the, the district. I know Dan really liked him uh, draft season and you're seeing he's getting the opportunity with you know the craziness kind of in Arizona. What are your thoughts with him? We, we saw that one spike week where he gave you like a top six production uh, against San Fran. Is this gonna be like a, you know he's gonna give you two, three spike weeks during the season? Or you think this guy's legit? um and might actually give fantasy lands decent starting uh capital with uh with him at receiver
3: yeah dude i liked michael wilson athletic good hands uh kind of a twitchy wide receiver playing at stanford in an offense that was garbage that nobody even wanted to watch college film on and i was you know i liked him a lot as a sleeper and then arizona went and took him in the second round or, or the third round so my sleeper status, it got lost on him. His ADP jumped around. I didn't get any Michael Wilson, uh, you know, very little of him because I wanted to take him in the fourth. All of a sudden he was going late second. That was uh, just because of the draft capital. So, you know, Arizona really blew up that sleeper pick on me. But I'm I'm happy with what Michael Wilson's able to do there. I think that volume is going to stay present. You know, my guy, Josh Dobbs, who was playing at Tennessee while I was there in kneeling rooting for him, such a wild story to see him doing – decent. I would look. I was looking, I think he's QB 15 right now. Um, so, you know, Michael Wilson is certainly helping that. And if you look at the Josh Dobbs play style, like having that underneath kind of twitchy, reliable guy, that definitely helps him a lot with what he's looking to do and what Arizona is asking him to do. So um, I think it's helpful for this year, but I do think there's long-term, you know, sustainability here with Michael Wilson and the volume load in this offense. So I, I like it. I, I think we're just going to ride that one out. Um, you know, I don't think you're going to really be able to flip him in that same way. He doesn't have that level of height, but a sneaky guy to have for depth for sure.
0: It's harder with the receivers, but like you said, the good thing is he's going to be on the field, even though he's fitting this specific quarterback right now, who might not be a long-term fix. He's getting on the field, which is going to give him that experience and build confidence, uh, get confidence from the coaches uh, to get him the ball as well, moving forward. So, I like that with Wilson. Um, Let's do a a quick, quick, quick. Actually, you know what? Let's answer a question first because we're close to running out of time here. Uh, Superflex. What is this? Is it? Yeah, I'm asking the same question. I was trying to find out. We've got um, Fletcher Cox asking for those who are listening right now in podcast form. Should I trade Waddle and Christian Watson for Puka, Elijah Moore and CJ Stroud? It is Superflex, he says
3: oof super flex! I'd do it. Yeah, yeah. You get a QB. You get a borderline QB one. You get a borderline wide receiver one. um I like Jalen Waddle a ton, but you know, I I sold him everywhere. I'm still nervous, man. Two is lighting it up, but he's one hit away from that offense kind of falling apart, right? all time So, and then Christian Watson, Boomer Bust. Yeah, I'll go ahead and take take the CJ Stroud poop side of that.
0: Yeah, super flex. I think you have to do it. uh Like you said, you're getting. Uh, we said what at top you know, 10 uh, uh, dynasty quarterback right now, top, yep. t- top 12. Um, that is worth a lot in super flex and is not easy to get either. So sometimes yep. it's just about the opportunity receivers. Uh, I don't know what the rest of your roster looks like, or if you got to start three receivers versus two, um, but they're a lot more replaceable. Um, yes. And then quarterback. Um, I mean, you, you've got a couple guys I like there and in, in Waddle and in Watson, but I like the move. Uh, if you lost AR and you definitely need a a quarterback, surprise you have the opportunity to be honest and super flex to yeah. get him right now, right? Buy high. Sometimes you gotta buy high. And I think this is definitely one of those opportunities.
3: I agree. Yeah.
0: All right, buddy. We uh we're gonna skip the rapid fire just because we are out of time here. Again, remind the people where they can find you, where they can find all your goodness. And dude, I always appreciate you coming on, joining us. Uh it's been a blast, man.
3: Yeah, absolutely, man. Patreon.com slash Rookie Big Board. Dynasty, Devi, 2024 rookie class rankings, combined rankings all together. We have a super active Discord. We do like personalized trade advice, roster advice, just kind of chop it up on game day. Super fun environment, super fun atmosphere. So, you know, that's where I would direct people. If you like this rookie conversation, if you want to stay ahead of your league mates, get that good rookie value that we're talking about right now. The best way to do it is to get in on it now learn the class early and you'll just, it'll be like a second language when draft season comes around, you'll be able to stay ahead of those trends.
0: Nice. I like that. Like a second language. And that's, that's what we're here for, right? To give you guys that edge, make sure you're following Matt and all his goodness. Make sure you're following at JD goat district at goat district on the X machine. Make sure you're following us on the goat district YouTube channel and as well in podcasts format on your favorite platform. Again, if you're on Apple podcast make sure you're on the most updated stream for some reason we cannot get rid of that old goat district stream on the apple machine uh that's a whole other whole other, uh maybe i'll talk to you matt maybe you have some kind of uh you, know, you can help me with that, with that one but uh no we appreciate your time guys make sure you smash the like smash the subscribe show all your support next week we have actually matt's buddy john lob we're going back nice. to back we love getting you guys back to back because it gives kind of a, a full um you know kind of a full perspective i feel like when when we get you guys back to back we've done it in the past so we're going to do it again make sure you tune in next tuesday night right here on the player profiler channel uh 9 p.m eastern we'll have dan should be back we might we might get theo and andrew who knows uh these days a lot of these guys are are traveling dan to live in that retired life but um that's it for us guys we appreciate you tuning in We'll uh, we'll check you next time. Make sure you crush your week six and tune in on Thursday night, actually at uh, the tailgate, 7 PM on the GOAT District channel. We'll check you all.